XY Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zweig Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be here today with you. I've got a great guest. Uh, it's somebody that I have um, I reached out to, I sent emails, and I was so, so excited to get a quick response back from her that she would agree <laughs> to be on the podcast. But without further ado, Laura Roth, who is an associate and director of business development with Hickok Cole, is here with us on the podcast today. Laura, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thanks, Randy. Thanks for having me today. I'm uh, pretty jazzed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I, as at the time of our recording this, you are weathering a storm, no pun intended, <laughs> uh, physically. And, and you know, it's funny. I was, it's not funny, but I was looking at the the news reports the other day and I was like, man, they're, they're misspelling this storm. Why, why is in the <laughs> H in there, right? It's Isaiah. And it's like, no, it's, it's, they, it was like the worst storm name you could ever pick right. <laughs> and, and nobody can pronounce it properly. So, you know, it's just like, yeah, there's a storm yeah. coming up the, there's a storm coming. coming. <laughs> And yeah. it is a little bit anticlimactic, but yeah, as I noted before, I I do I do love a weather system. Can't help it. So oh, there you I, go. Uh, I've been tracking it. There you go. There you go. Well, I love that. So so you know, obviously, we bring a lot of different people on the Zweig Letter Podcast, and it's essentially our goal is to just check in with folks around the design industry, architects, engineers, environmental consultants, planners, construction management. We just want to kind of check in with folks and see what they're doing, what the latest and greatest things are happening. But I, I would love for you just to kind of tell our audience and just indoctrinate yourself to the, the Zweigler podcast uh, tribe, if you will, and just tell them a little bit about Laura Roth. I'd love to hear your superhero heroine origin story huh. and, and and how you got to be where you are as an associate and a director of business development there at Hickok Cole. And I mean, you have a storied past and I don't want to, I hate just reading people's biographies. I'd rather just hear it directly from them. So I would love for you to give us the cliff note version of of your life and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Um, well, I'll try to make it pretty brief. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, born and raised in the Washington, D.C. area. 
um, you know, I went to school um, in Virginia, went to college in Virginia and, you know, felt like as a upcoming professional in the world, I just needed to kind of get out of my DC bubble. Um, and as you know, Randy, you uh, went to school here. It does get pretty insular pretty quickly. Oh becomes God. a pretty small town. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, um, you know, I was looking for kind of an avenue to another big city to kind of learn more about myself and learn more about the opportunities um, that the world kind of held for me. Um, so I kind of took a leap of faith and moved to Chicago um, where I didn't really know anybody. Um, and I found some roommates online. Um, I started hitting the pavement looking for a job. I also did not have a job. So um, I was lucky enough to have um, a family to support my efforts for a couple months. Um, and I landed at um, a business consulting firm um, so, and I did talent management there, um, worked really closely with their human resources and recruiting group, um, and always had kind of something in the back of my mind and interest in the, in the marketing arena. Mm -hmm. Um, so always working in the professional services realm, um, always working very closely with people, um, and lucky enough to always work with companies leadership. Um, mm -hmm. so kind of got that kind of momentum going. Um, so I dabbled in marketing um, at this company um, in Chicago, and I, I really enjoyed it. And um, I actually met my husband there. Um, we married. Um, it was great. We were living the Chicago dream. And he decided that he wanted to completely pivot and change his career into real estate. Wow. Um, and so he was looking to get his MBA. So we we're looking around and then he landed on um, a university here in D.C. that was going to pay for most of his MBA. And so we said, that's where we're headed back home, yeah. <laughs> um, me back home to D.C. He's right. Midwestern. So um, we landed here in D.C. and I focused my job search in the marketing and business development arena just because I thought, well, if he's going to refresh, like I might as well um, also. Um, so I found myself working at a law firm. I supported several different practice groups. Um, one of them was the real estate, uh, transactional real estate group. So mm -hmm. I kind of got my feet wet in the industry and kind of caught the caught the real estate bug a little bit. It's such a cool, tight knit um, group. Um, so I got to meet, you know, developers, um, financers, private equity firms, um, and then of course the the architects and engineers and GCs and otherwise. Um, so. I was working there and someone approached me who worked at a project management firm um, that had offices that were just starting here um, in the area. And they said, you know, I think you'd be a great fit. And I said, I'm in, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to go get my law degree. It was, uh, you know, a passion since past. And um, so that's kind of how I started in the industry. Um, and, you know, since then have had a couple kids, just two. Um, and um, I'm happy to be back in the district and kind of, I feel, although I've been, I guess, in the real estate industry now, specifically about seven years, um, I feel like I've just begun to hit my stride because people have been in this industry for a long time and they come out of school and they're, um, so from a business development perspective, it's been, um, it's been really fun. And then through my connections at this project management firm, um, I knew the former business development director of business development at Hickok Hole. Um, they were a hopeful client of ours and um, she was changing kind of her life choices and she recommended me. And then the rest is, is history. I've been at Hickok Hole for a little over three years now. 
Wow. I love that. So, so tell me a little bit, cause you were at, um, a pretty, I actually had a friend that worked at Bingham and Cutchin, but you, you yeah, yeah, but, but you, um, I mean, that, that's from one service service side of the service industry to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and of course the turn, we always, we always say that, um, you know, architects could learn a lot from attorneys in terms of billing and in terms of a, oh, a lot of ways that they treat, um, the, the services that they offer. I would be curious to know, understand, what was the biggest takeaway that you took from your time at Bingham McCutcheon that you've actually brought and incorporated there at Hickok Cole within the design industry space? Uh, whether it's a mentality, whether it's a practice or something from a BD perspective that you have found um, translates really well and has helped uh, Hickok Cole. Um, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, at, at Bingham, a lot of what I did was, um, writing, um, which is not something that I do often, um, mm-hmm. at Hickok Hole, but it's always been a passion of mine. And my boss there, um, was a journalism major and, um, certainly compounded the importance of, um, you know, professional grammar and composure mm-hmm. and just, um, just attention to detail. Um, and whether that be in, um, like a law brief or whether that was, you know, alphabetically putting together name tags, it was very glamorous. Um, but you know, I mean, just those kind of, um, attention to detail, um, and just because, and then you can really focus on kind of engaging with people when you meet them in person, um, to talk about, um, you know, what's news with them and kind of what services that, that you're providing and who, what other clients or what big deals are going on that you could actually talk about. Um, so, I mean, I think that was something that was, I guess, partially transferable. Um, I was certainly leaning more on the marketing side when I worked at, um, at Bingham, mm-hmm. um, you know, business development, those, those lawyers certainly know how to bring clients to the table um, and, and charge them. So from a billing perspective, I, I certainly think you're right. There's a lot to learn there. Um, if we could command those kind of bill rates, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> right. In six minute inc- increments, mind you. Right. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, right. I have yeah. a friend who's an attorney and she was just saying, you know, a, a tenth, um, they have to bill for every one tenth of an hour or something. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. It's no joke. It's, it's yeah, really no joke. joke. Um, I mean, and, and again, I, I kind of say that tongue in cheek, but, but yeah. it, it is serious though, because I think sometimes in the design industry space, and you may recognize this is that sometimes I've seen design professionals don't really fully estimate or understand their value when they come to the table. And, um, and that's, that's a reality, right? And I think think some of us, all of us, or some of us at least can struggle in that area when we don't know what our real worth is. And because we don't know what our, our real worth is, we don't normally get compensated what it should be. So, and and that, that is a challenge in the design industry space, but more and more firms are are getting more formulaic and how they do certain things, uh, and and certain standards that they're putting in place. But, um, I I think that's interesting. And I think, um, Certainly, I mean, I, I and I think every firm will say this, but um, you never want to, you know, discount yourselves um, in from a purely strictly billing kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, just because you don't want people to devalue what you're providing um, or to kind of set that precedent, right? Because yeah. um, you don't want that to get out. Um, and I know, you know, you hear about people buying jobs and otherwise. Um, but I think for a firm of our size, it just it doesn't really make sense. And I think we, um, you know, we think we hold ourselves pretty true to the value um, that we're providing and that, you know, we put an actual dollar stamp on. 
Yeah. Well, to, and, and I, I like that. Tell me a little bit about Hickok Cole from your perspective now that you you are the well, you've been the director of business development there for three years uh, plus, mm-hmm. and now you're an associate. But but what is when when people ask you for your elevator pitch for Hickok Cole, what what do you what do you share? Um, well, I, I usually share, um, you know, that we're multidisciplinary. So um, we provide architecture services, design services, and then we also have, um, which I think is a really unique differentiator, a creative and branding department. Um, so the focus is on, on um, you know, marketing buildings, on companies, um, doing website design and otherwise. Um, and there is, I think, more and more a full integration of all those services um, that really provides you know, that value for the client, um, mm-hmm. having that kind of internal messaging um, kind of um, compound itself um, when providing these services, architecture, design, and creative and branding. Um, I, I will say that we, we rebranded, I think, two years ago now. Um, and a lot of the rebrand is focused on work that matters. Um, and that can be at any scale. Um, I think, you know, we can do work that matters to a tenant work that matters to a neighborhood, to a community and otherwise, and kind of what that means. Um, so when we're targeting work, um, when we're tar- targeting clients, um, we're looking for clients that um, kind of have these kind of visionary um, goals for a community, for a person, for a tenant or otherwise, um, and, and looking for those kind of partners that can really elevate us and we can alternatively um, elevate them um, and what they're looking for. So that kind of rebrand was able to provide me with a framework of, you know, how to, how to talk about our services, how to talk about our expertise um, and to identify those, those partners that would um, kind of get us to the, to the next level. Okay. And, and have you, has, have you found it hard to kind of incorporate that throughout the staff, uh, even from the, the most junior people on up uh, in terms of buying into that and, and, and having that kind of roll off their tongue the way that it does for you, which of course we would expect as the director of business yeah, development. But, I guess. <laughs> how has that worked out? Because I I know sometimes that there's some though that seems to be a disconnect. In all my years involved with this industry, um, two plus decades, and all the stuff that I learned from Mark Zweig, um, one of the one of the one of the the biggest challenges that design firms face is that not everybody can sell who they are. Uh, from a, right. co- a company perspective. And I know that's always, that's a, that's a challenge. How do you overcome that? And I'd be curious to know, and I'm sure my audience would love to hear what your perspective is on that and and maybe what you've done, not that you figured it out, but in your mind, from your background and expertise, what would you say is the best way to approach that? And and how has it worked for you? It's um that's a great question. And I think it was really at kind of the foremost of our marketing and our uh, creative department, they um, performed our rebrand. Um, so I think the internal buy-in for lack of a better term of kind of what that message would be and how everyone can think about it and kind of parse it out to make it fit their, um, you know, their own kind of personal mission statements. We wanted it to be as natural as possible for everybody. Um, so, I mean, we, we worked with everybody. It was really, you know, a ground up top down kind of rebrand, um, kind of getting everyone's ideas about what is important to them, kind of what they think that the firm brings to the table, but what them as individuals bring to the table and making our statement broad enough to kind of encompass all of that, but also specific enough to be, you know, Hickok Cole to be like that specific brand. Um, so being broad enough, but 
you know, having those kind of detailed nodes hit upon, um, you know, around, you know, the bold ideas, the diverse set of expertise um, and the partners with kind of a forward focused vision to do work that matters kind of encompassed the a lot of the ideas that everybody had brought to the table when we were going through this rebranding exercise. Um, so I think it's just saying it over and over again um, from a business development perspective, as you noted, um, I find kind of our brand message to be the um, really easy to kind of keep to keep my, you know, my direction straight and on the right you know path. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wouldn't want to spend time on a partner that didn't have vision or didn't have it in them to do work that matters, um, you know, and, and wouldn't kind of feedback to the um, to kind of the design um, passion that my colleagues have at Hickok Hole. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, you're right, the buy-in, it, it, it's hard and people are always going to, we're a hundred person firm. Um, so it's hard to get everybody to, um, to feel that personal connection to a statement, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I give our branding team and our marketing team all the credit in the world for the rollout um, to really focus on design for what's next. Um, Cause anyone, you can kind of think about yourself in a forward focused um, with that like kind of forward momentum with that phrase. And um, I think people are feeling, they feel good about it. Um, like it's not too lofty, but it's just lofty enough that, you know, we could change the world, which is what a lot of people said, um, right. you know, using design to change the world. And we're like, Oh, for God's sakes. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, not to discredit that that's, I mean, an amazing vision, but it's, that's a little broad. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. And that's, and that's funny because, you know, I think a lot of firms try to be all things to all people or all clients. And I think that's, it's, it's difficult to do. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think every firm has their own niche or vein of, uh, that they can tap into. And once they find it, it works nicely. So, so that you guys are how far into this rebrand of work that matters. How long have you been doing this? Two years or so. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. So two, two and a half years. Yeah. I've been there three years. I think we started the rebrand about like six months in. So yeah, two years, I think is when we rolled it out. Yeah. Did you know that that was coming down the pike when you got hired? I didn't. I didn't because oh, okay. I was hired. And then shortly thereafter, um, my counterpart in marketing was hired. Um, okay. And I think that was um, that was part of her charge. So um, yeah. it was great. It was and it kind of made sense. You know, um, I mean, from our perspective, we felt like we had kind of this whole new lease on life. And, um, you know, I'm not sure everyone else felt the same, but we were pretty excited to to be part of this kind of transformative time for the firm. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of transformative time, I mean, right now we are in the midst of a global pandemic, (laughs) epic proportions. Uh, I have never spent, I have never spent more time at home than I have (laughs) right now. And I haven't been on a plane since March. Um, I'm not going through withdrawals. I actually like being home. I don't know about you. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. And like you said, you have kids, I've got three boys and they're as loud as they want to be. And so, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely, uh, giving me more quality family time, but how have you dealt with the pandemic and how have you, uh, how have, how has Hickok Cole managed it both internally as well as externally with clients? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a loaded question. And I mean, personally, (laughs) I'm doing what like, you know, everybody's doing. I have you know, two girls at home, six and four and a half. And oh, nice. they thank God they have one another. Um, you know, they keep each other busy and, um, 
you know, my husband and I are both working full time from home. And yes, there are a lot of small joys that come with um, with all of this. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, um, you know, that's working from home and being in, in business development. You know, people think of business development traditionally as, you know, being out in the scene and glad handing and, you know, martini lunches. And I only wish it was that exciting. Right. <laughs> right. That's mad men. Um, and that's boozy, not, right. That's not, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but that's certainly not the case. And I think, um, you know, from a business development perspective, you know, I, I'm the sole dedicated business development professional at Hickok Hole. So I certainly, so many people support the effort. Um, so a lot of what we've done is kind of reevaluate what business development means in a purely or almost entirely virtual environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what does it mean to have these meaningful, you know, touch points with everybody? Um, like how can we engage them? In, and it really is coming around to the idea of ourselves as a consultant for being, um, you know, a constant present and really offering value. Not that we weren't before, um, but being really intentional about, um, you know, at where, how we are engaging our clients because everyone's dealing with a lot of stressors more than usual these days. Um, so making sure that when we do decide to reach out, that it has, the utmost value it's concise and it's, you know um, you know, who have we enjoyed working with, you know, who um, who can we help out with a study or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just a general sense of empathy about what we're all undertaking Um, from an internal perspective. I'll say um, Hickok Cole has done um, a colleague and my, and myself have um, done a working from home iLab that we thought would an iLab is a research, um, bottom up research um, program within Hickok Hole. Uh, But so we decided to do that around COVID and working from home and what we could learn about working from home that we could apply to the office environment, the physical office environment when we return. Um, While we haven't really learned a lot about the kind of the design of the physical office environment, what we have learned is about how people are feeling, kind of what external factors, um, what guidelines from CDC have kind of changed the way that people feel motivated and efficient um, and um, what people have done to change their, you know, work from home environment um, to make it more conducive to be motivated and efficient, um, how they're using technology um, and then how they're repurposing their commute times, um, which I think has been one of the most interesting thing to your point, spending time with family, cooking, People feel like they're exercising more, um, you know, focusing on cooking or reading or hobbies. Um, So, I mean, there certainly are some silver linings to all of this. Um, So really trying to kind of flesh those out um, to focus on something positive these days um, has been difficult. But um, I will say that it's, you know, we weren't necessarily a a work from home kind of firm. We didn't have a flexible working from home policy in place. Um, and that is going to change. Um, I think we can all say that, that this is going to change, um, the way that we work. I think people have appreciated a lot of what, um, what this environment has to offer. And it'll only be better when you can go to a coffee shop and work from there, you know, when you can shift your environment a little bit, just for, you know, a little bit of 
added <laughs> just a change of scenery. <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody, never heard anybody. I mean, right. every, no, every, everybody needs that. You're absolutely right. And, and I, I agree 100%. I think that, um, you know, that's the funny thing. When I got involved with this industry back in 97 and I'm dating, dating myself a little bit, but you know, everything was very straight laced. I mean, you didn't look up unless somebody was talking to you. I mean, you pretty much got to work, you did your job. Things were a lot less, a lot less flexible than they are now. And I remember people telling me for the longest time that, you know, nobody in this office is ever going to work from home. And I remember saying to them, you know, never say never. You never know when an opportunity or, or something will come up that will force that force your hand. And um, well, we now know what that is. Its name is COVID-19 and it, <laughs> it has forced every company's hand. And I know some people have gone to one extreme and said, oh, well, you know, working, working remote, working is never going to be the same again. And, and while that may be yeah. true, I still think that there is something to be said for being in the office and being with people. Nice. And, and that will always continue to um, continue to grow and, and, and people will figure out better ways to, uh, to kind of do these things. And so I think it, it, it'll be fine. I think we, yeah. we will, we will, uh, we'll, we'll work through it. So um, you bring up a really good point about just kind of that kind of blanket statement, like things will never be the same. Like there's no need for the office, you know, all these kind yeah. of um, like apocalyptic statements about like the state of the office. Right. Um, and I think, um, and we saw um, a lot of our competitive set put out some really great guidelines about the return to work post COVID. I mean, like a month in, not even a couple of weeks into the pandemic when we thought we'd be back in the office for sure by now, um, or at least I did, um, idiot. <laughs> um, so <laughs> as um, you know, we, um, you know, and, and I will say what we did internally, and I know this was to the frustration of some, um, we really thought about it and we thought, you know, is this real? We I, we had a hard time just throwing guidelines and thoughts out there when it was kind of an ever changing, evolving pandemic and asserting a point of view about something that we just weren't sure about. So, I mean, right. in our COVID response, you know, we had kind of the short term point of view and how we were assisting clients with, um, you know, some of these like more immediate issues um, and just creating a more safe and healthy workplace period, um, pandemic or not. Um, and then a more long-term approach about how, um, you know, some of these overarching ideas will start to affect the workplace. So um, I do give Hickok credit for that um, and really thinking about, um, you know, not not just kind of jumping on it as an easy, um, not an easy target, believe me, it's not easy at all. Um, but, you know, just seeing what our competitors were doing and feeling we had to kind of churn something out. I think it's been a thoughtful approach for sure. Um, so that's, um, that's been nice to see and be a part of. Well, good, good, good. Yeah. I think everybody is figuring out ways to be a little iterative in their, mm -hmm. in their process, whether it's how they work, how they interact with clients. Um, I mean, there's just, there's just so many, I think right now to me, as, 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 as hard as this pandemic has been for the world, much less the United States of America and right. make no mistake, people are dying. So I'm not making light of it in any way, shape or form. Uh, but what, what, what I am saying is that I've, I've kind of said, okay, well, what is the silver lining or what is the, the fleece in this, in this whole situation that, you know, we can look to and say, wow, okay, this has been a really great opportunity for us to figure out some things and do something different. And I've kind of taken it as a chance to kind of pivot, to do some things that I've always wanted to do. And I think a lot of firms are, are doing that and, and cause it's giving more of us ch a chance to kind of think through some things instead of just constantly on the go, 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 go. 
We've all had to slow down. And I think that in and of itself is kind of like a blessing in disguise. Some people have realized it, others haven't. Um, But I I think that uh, I'm noticing it from a lot of design firm leaders that I talk to, like yourself and others, that, you know, they are looking, they're they're being a a bit more introspective right now and and not necessarily looking for the next conquest, but they're figuring out who, hey, who am I and what do I want people to think of me as in the future moving forward? And I think that's uh, that's really important. That's a great, great point. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. And so I want to ask you another thing, because this is something that obviously comes up with anybody that works in business development. And I think you probably can appreciate this more than anybody else. Um, is just this whole idea of the importance of relationships. Mm-hmm. And there, it seems to always be a theme whenever I talk to business development um, individuals within this space, people that work in, you know, that have some affiliation with SMPS, that understand marketing, that understand business development, that understand constantly being out there, beating the pavement priming the pump, if you will. Um, could you talk just a little bit about, um, you know, wh- what you see as the importance of relationships in general, right? I'm not just talking about just for the next client, but I mean, just in general, what have relationships been done? What have they done for you um, that you could kind of point to and say, this this is a, this allows me to, to do what I do here at Haycock Cole? Um, sure. I mean, well, relationships are, you know, what got me my job, of course. I mean, just kind of having and not forcing the matter either. Um, and I think a lot of that, um, a lot of my relationships help with, even if they're kind of ancillary, um, you know, just more, um, you know, business relationships um, help me with connecting the dots, um, which I think is my favorite part of what I do. Um, is understanding where um, where the most people make sense to kind of manage these um, these collisions, these introductions, and where I think these would be this would be a great team to put together or otherwise. Um, but yeah, for for my personal relationships, I'll say um, yeah, not forcing the matter it has been huge. Um, kind of understanding where you immediately click with somebody from, kind of. Um, like a vision perspective, um, mm-hmm. or just on a personal level. Um, I mean, for a while, I was talking to people about independent cost estimating. This was before um, before my time at Hickok Cole, mm-hmm. when I was part of the project management firm. And that is not something that you want to go and talk to somebody about. Like, no one wants to talk about cost <laughs> estimating. Um, so <laughs> I learned very quickly um, not to talk about myself, what I do. I mean, I'll talk about myself all day, but I, you know, not necessarily what I do, what my company does and really um, put on that, you know, listening ear. Um, and then you learn so much about what's important to this person, to this company. Uh, and you're able to, I mean, I don't want to say take advantage of it because it's, of course it's somewhat self-serving, but um, it's with pure interest in mind. Um, so, you know, keeping that in the back of your mind, um, make sure you're, um, I mean, in anybody who's engaged in any kind of business development activity, whether you know it or not, um, that's something that I'm trying to compound with my colleagues at Hickok Cole, who many of them are tremendous business developer developers in their own right, in addition to their day jobs, mm-hmm. um, and and trying to just um, let them know that half of what they're doing is business development and they don't even know it, and they have these like, inherent connections with their clients and partners and consultants, and um, they don't even know like what small extra step could really elevate that relationship and and take it that much further. Um, Because those people will in turn be an advocate for you. Um, And I think thinking about relationships kind of as 
um, you know, consistent and neutral across the board. Like a client's relationship is no more important than a consultant. Um, I think it's hard to do. It's hard to get out of that mind space. Like this person could possibly give us a, you know, million dollar job or something like that, as opposed to this person wants to be on my team. Um, I found that, you know, I get some of my best leads, um, some of my best um, introductions, warm introductions from, um, from any of my relationships across the board. Um, So I think that's how it's just, it's come, it's taken a while, but now it just, it comes naturally. And there's, uh, you know, I, I feel like I have a nice base of relationships that I can turn to and have really candid conversations about, you know, the state of the industry and, and being able to, um, you know, always reciprocate something back, um, is hard to do. Um, but always something that I try to do, always give them a piece of information an introduction, um, you know, uh, a shout out to try to get them on a team if I can. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't have that kind of power though, Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, you know, do, do what you can to, to maintain it. And um, I'm trying to be better about during this time, just making sure I'm reaching out to those people that I really miss seeing face to face and just, and just letting them know that. Um, I mean, this, this is a very specific moment in time where that's not an option, Um, but just saying, Hey, it's been good Lord, six months, you know, uh, I can't right. believe it, you know? And, um, I just want to say, miss your face, you know, <laughs> something yeah. creepy like that. <laughs> um, but you know, it, <laughs> um, but it's just, um, it's a unique time and it, it does, it does make you reevaluate those relationships, but yeah, they, they've been invaluable for me. And I, I do think it's a little bit cliche around business development, like relationships are so important. And, right. I mean, they truly are. Um, but I think it's kind of like how you view them. Some people are kind of um, proprietary about them. Don't right. want to share their relationships. Exactly. And I think that kind of, that can get you into a little bit of trouble. Um, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> no, I love I'm that. Just, I, I think that's, I think that's great. Um, I think one of the things, and I, you know, I get a chance to go out and speak to young engineers or those that are just coming out of school and young architects. And I'm constantly telling them it's all about relationships, especially yeah. from that perspective, from a designer's perspective. You know, we just did a diversity panel, um, uh, not about a week and a half ago with about 300 plus really young uh, architects from all walks of life. And we talked about um, just the importance of relationships and how you develop those. And it, it is, it goes without saying that, um, you know, you, you have to, uh, what's the best way to say uh, you really have to, you know, build for a rainy day. And a lot of times we are reactionary when it comes to relationships, meaning that we only seek them out when we need them as opposed to um, just having a relationship in general. And then when the need arises, then you already have something to, you have a a deep well to draw from. And uh, it's, it's just important. I think it's just important. It's important in life, right? So it's more of a life skill, but it's, it's a skill that translates really nicely into business. And one of the things that I tell um, design professionals is that if you can't, if you work with clients and you can't at least with one or two of your clients, give me the names of their spouse or 
the names of their kids, what their kids like to do and all this yeah. other stuff, then you're talking way too much business and you're not, you're not really developing a relationship. You're, you're developing a transactional relationship and that's not really a relationship. Uh, it's just because, I mean, ultimately somebody can probably come along and deliver the, uh, the widget better than you can. And if that's the case, you're fired and they're going to go on to the next person. <laughs> but as I say to people all the time, friends don't fire friends, or at least it's much more difficult to right. fire a friend. And that's why that to me is the difference in terms of relationships and building them for the long term. And I always tell the story that when I got into this industry, I worked with a gentleman named Jerry Allen. He used to run a company called Carter and Burgess down in Dallas and in Fort Worth, Texas. Huge company. They eventually got subsumed by Jacobs. Uh, but Jerry, Jerry basically grew that company from about 300 engineers to about 3,000 during the time that I worked with them. Yeah, it was crazy. And, and that was back in the wheeling days. But everything he did was on relationship. And Jerry had such a, uh, a relationship with Mark. Zweig, that is, mm -hmm. that Mark would call Jerry up and say, hey, man, I just found this firm because there was a time, there was a period there in, in, during uh, Carter and Burgess's growth spurt where they, they, it was just one merger, one acquisition after the other. It was more acquisitions. It was just one after the other. And Mark had such a relationship with Jerry that he could get on the phone and call Jerry up and say, man, I, you got to meet these people. By the end of the day, Jerry had packed up his little trunk of shoes because he was a very bespoke gentleman. He really liked to dress well. He was <laughs> onto, a, uh, onto a plane and off to see this individual. And then he, Mark would say, he, and this happened several times, he'd call Mark back like a day or two later and say, oh, thanks for that. We've got the deal done. <laughs> and all, all of it was just purely based on a call. That's it. Yeah, that's and a lot of I, trust, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of trust. But I mean, again, even with clients that you work with, when you build that kind of trust, I mean, they value your, your decision making. They value your judgment. They value your advice. And, and that, I mean, in the design industry, that's like, that's like breathing, yeah. right? I mean, you have to have that. If you don't have that, then, I mean, you, you know, you might as well get into another line of business. And um, I just think more firms need to take that tact and approach and more individuals, uh, really, because it's not a firm. A firm, can't, a firm does have a relationship, but those relationships are born out of people. Uh, individuals yeah. need to really focus intently on the importance of relationships yeah, because- it 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 uh, it inspires everything that we do. Yeah, that's that's a great story. Um, I, I love that, and it it really I want to use it to <laughs> and leverage it for. <laughs> oh yeah, I got plenty. Say. I got a lot yeah, of stories yeah, about that. So, but yeah, that, that's those were always. I mean, Mark would tell that story all the time, and I remember talking to Jerry, and he was like, "You know why I work with Mark? It's because I trust him." Period. End of story. I know him. I know his family. I know everything about him. I mean, it, it, that's just the way that it was, and and so I mean. That, and that's the thing that I've always said about the design industry, maybe unlike a lot of other industries, people can build really long-term relationships. I'm still friends with people that I worked with when they were at Carter and Burgess back in the 90s. And this is 2020. Yeah. So like one guy that I'm a friend with, it, like his, his daughters were little, like they were barely born. Now they're graduated from college, off oh, doing their own thing. I just terrifying. talked to one of the guys recently. But I mean, that's, that's to me is really what it is. And I may yeah. never do work with him again. But we have a relationship there. And we don't talk every day, but I mean, still, you know, it's just the fact that I can get on a phone. If I need to call him, if I need a reference, if I need anything, I can call him and know that, 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 that he's there for me and, and vice versa. Um, cool. Yeah. And that's, that, that, I think that's, that's what it's all about. But listen, I, you know, I think, I mean, we've, 
we've talked about a lot here. There's one last thing I want to bring up because again, and it's not so much the elephant in the room, but I did want to talk about it because as we move this climate that we're in, in this country, in addition to the pandemic, there's a lot of social change afoot and diversity, equity, and inclusion is really important. And especially in the design industry space, we're seeing uh, more uh, opportunities for conversations about this. Um, Jamie Claire Kaiser and Chad Kleinens and the folks at Zweig have created Elevate Her to create more of a platform for women in the, in the design industry in the design industry space. And I would be curious to know what your thoughts are and and how you are trying to move that conversation forward uh, from your perspective as as a woman as a woman leader in the design industry. Absolutely. Um, well, I think from your Absolutely right. That is, um, you know, I guess not even second to the pandemic. Pandemic. I think first and foremost, um, you know, we're taking as a company um, a big step um, and as big a strides as we can in a short period of time to really focus on that. I think we have um, naturally grown to be uh, a firm with more women um, and a decent amount of diversity. I mean, that's a pretty ambiguous term, decent um, within the firm. But, you know, one of our principals and owners is a woman. Um, and I just think it has organically happened where, you know, they they followed the talent and, you know, can't say for, you know, underlying prejudices for women or otherwise in hiring practices. But it just it just so happens that we have more women on board than men, um, which has been great. Um, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, so, I mean, even in the past few months, um, you know, we uh, have applied or we are undergoing um, a just certification, um, which takes a look at equity and diversity across your firm and really putting a stake in the ground around um, kind of what we're going to do to maintain um, an appropriate um, an appropriate climate and hiring practices and um, taking a lot of things into account, which is which is great, and I'm excited to see the firm kind of move forward in um, in this realm. Um, similarly, um, we have I'm pretty sure we I know who the um, HR consultant is on board, um, but we've recently hired an HR consultant to kind of um, to institute some of these practices as well, um, which has been great. And I know it's something that our firm has been has been craving uh, for some time. Um, to to have a dedicated um, HR person to, um, I mean, obviously for the multitude of reasons why HR is important, human resources is important um, for firms, but all to create a more kind of equitable and open and transparent environment as a firm um, internally, most importantly, and we think that'll help to dictate um, kind of some of our external practices and measures. Um, so um, I, I'm pleased to see how quickly the firm responded to, um, you know, our, our current social climate. Um, we were appropriately jarred and um, we took almost immediate action again after kind of digesting what we can do, where we can spend our time and um, and yeah, just change our, our practices and um, reevaluate internally. So I was um I was pleased to see that um, that quick direction and quick quick pivot, not just words, but action behind them. Yeah, no, I, I and I appreciate that, and I, and I'm glad to hear that because sometimes you know, especially as design professionals, it, it you know, we need to sometimes be able to get out of our own way, and and bringing yeah. in somebody like that, like an HR expert, can kind of help you do that or see some of your blind spots and uh, be able to uh, to make you aware of those and and kind of overcome them. And I think awareness 
to in this day and age is key. And everybody that is aware, you know, and I always tell people, and especially as an African-American male, I'm not expecting anybody to, you know, write the ship in, 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 in two weeks. It doesn't work that way. Right. It's an ongoing process. But just the fact that you're aware and that you want to do something to make some changes, um, I, I think it's uh, especially in the DE&I space uh, of diversity, equity and inclusion. I think it's huge. So um, I appreciate you sharing um you know, just some of your, your, your experiences in that area. So, um, so listen, as we close up, uh, I just wanted to ask a couple of, couple of quick questions from you. The last book that you read that really impacted you, what, what was the title of that book? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Well, I've, I've actually read a lot during this pandemic. <laughs> as we all um, have. Right. <laughs> um, the last book that I read that really impacted me, I'm thinking I need to go back to my, all my books. Huh. It can be an audiobook too. I always say audio. I know. Count. So I don't so I I, I read read. So I okay, just go okay, to my no, okay, um, cool, cool. Um let me think on that for a second. No, no, I'm, that's fine. I'm that's scrolling fine. through it. Right now I'm reading The Vile and the Splendid, which is about Churchill. Um yeah. by, it's pretty good. Um but that's I mean that's just on my tabletop now. I can't even go back to everything that I've read. Um, that's fine. I've liked a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll think of some others. Just yeah. Give me a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 uh, since you are from the DC area, I'd love to know what is your favorite, uh, watering hole or eating spot in DC? Good. Good question. Um, one of my favorite places for dinner is a little place called the red hen in Bloomingdale. I know it. Um, it's good. It's just, it's intimate and nice and it's casual and the food is spectacular. Um, one of my all-time favorites. Um, in my neighborhood, um, like walking distance, I like La Piquette, which is this little French spot that's been around for some time. Um, it feels special and you feel like you're transported. Um, yeah. I don't go as much as I'd like, but yeah, DC, those are two DC places. DC has so many great restaurants. I mean, it's just a- like- As of know, late, yeah. I mean, it yeah, used to be like two yeah, like, there archaic were few, steakhouses and now they've- yeah. um, I mean, remember back in the day when people would go to Adams Morgan for something like hip and oh. different and, and oh, now yeah. it's like, I mean, <laughs> you know- it's I've made like, mistakes in Adams Morgan. <laughs> right, right, right. I, listen, I trust <laughs> I have too, but uh, I, I I go way back. I remember when it was dangerous to drive down P Street and now mm-hmm. P Street is just like a whole different world. I used to work in DC- uh, well, when I went to school at Howard, I worked in Georgetown at the Houston's right there at the corner of M and Wisconsin. It's no longer there. Oh yeah. But uh, but yeah, I used to go there, and then every night at the end of my shift, I'd go to OPA to Cochon. You know, the foot of the. Oh pig. my god! I used to live there when I was. <laughs> I don't even want to tell you how old I was. Oh, oh man. man, I was so, in trouble then. Yeah. That was, yeah, but I used. To, I probably saw you there. <laughs> how about that? How about? I mean, that? that's so, so funny. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. That's awesome. It, well, Laura, it alarms me how quickly I was able to give you watering holes and oh. um, in my book scenario. <laughs> still a challenge. No, no, that's that's totally time. fine. I'm just I'm a big I'm a book nerd, and I love to hear what people are reading because I'm always like, well, do I need to add that to my list? And I try to oh, consume gosh, as many gosh. books as I can, and I listen to a lot of podcasts and Audible. Because Audible, yeah. I think, is great. I mean, that's another great way to uh, to consume a book. And I tell people that it counts. So for the book, the book purists out there that are like, if you're not cracking the spine of a book, then you're not reading a book. Give me a break. Yeah. Just Audible's yeah. good. So Audible's fine. I've done yeah. it a couple times too. I mean, I read on like a Kindle like device. Yeah. So I'm not 
completely purist. So. Yeah, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. So, but Laura, I really appreciate you taking time to to sit down with me and the the rest of the Zweig uh, Letter Podcast audience. Uh, you really gave us some insight here. We wish you nothing but the best there at Hickok Hole as you continue to conquer the world, and and we look forward to what the next the next chapter holds for you guys, right? As we do for every design firm uh, moving out of this pandemic, whenever that is, and figuring out where things go. I keep telling people life is going to go on just like the Spanish influenza and some of the other things that we've had. Um, There is a beginning, a middle and an end. And when that end happens, you know, we are going to have to, you know, put our big boy and big girl pants back on and, uh, <laughs> and get back to work. So yeah, uh, <laughs> you so, got it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. thank you so much, Randy, to, to you and Zweig. This has been, um, this has been a great conversation. I wish it could go on for days. Um, I know. I really do I know. appreciate the time and, um, your candor and the advice that you gave me today. So I'll take it with me and, um, thanks again. Great I appreciate experience. that. I appreciate that. Well, folks, Laura Roth from Hickok Cold, uh, Director of Business Development, and uh, just doing amazing things there. We thank you so much. Folks, there you have it. Another episode of the Zweigler podcast. I hope you got a lot out of what Laura had to share. Um, it was really engaging as far as I was concerned. And uh, I actually learned a lot as well. So um, that's what it's all about here at the Zweigler podcast. We want to continue to elevate the industry, every idea, every person, um, every thought at a time, um, just getting it a little bit better as we move forward. I want to encourage you guys to check out this Zweig letter. You can subscribe to the newsletter for free. That's right. You heard it right. F-R-E-E. Just visit zweiggroup.com forward slash uh, TZL. And there's another link. If you go to the Zweig letter, uh, if you go to the zweigletter.com as well, you can get the link there and just sign up for the newsletter. It will end up in your inbox as a PDF every Monday morning. You can check it out. You can read it to your heart's content. You could share it with folks. Back in the day, that what people don't realize is that the Zweig letter, um newsletter was, which is one of the oldest running newsletters in the design industry space, was a profit center for Zweig Group. But eventually they decided, you know what, we're going to just give this thing away for free because we want to put it in more as many hands as possible. So please, um, sharing is caring. After you've read it, please share it with somebody else. Encourage them to subscribe to the Zweig Letter. And we'll continue to do what we do on our end here with the Zweig Letter podcast by bringing you great people like Laura in the future. So we hope you continue to tune in. You can find us where, wherever great podcasts can be found. And uh, remember, you can subscribe to the podcast. You can uh, rate, rate and review the podcast. We love reviews. And just give us some feedback, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. We'll take it all and we'll continue to try to get better uh, one episode at a time. That's all I have for you today. I look forward to catching up with you soon. We will see you later. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zweig Letter Podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to The Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.